Welcome to the St. Anne Roman Catholic Podcast, coming to you from Gilbert, Arizona. We pray that God will bless your time as you listen. Merry Christmas. I haven't seen you guys since last year. Um, we have an interesting feast day today. In the tradition of the church, uh, there was a double feast of the octave of Christmas and of the circumcision of our Lord. As we move through kind of liturgical reforms, certain things were um, moved around. It, this first happened in 1960 when the rubrics were changed for the Tridentine Mass. And the title, Circumcision of the Lord, was dropped. And we were left only with the octave day of Christmas. Then it happened again in 1969 when the liturgy was reformed again. And what we got instead was the octave day of Christmas and then the solemnity of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God. Now, what's interesting is we lengthened a little bit, but we kept the gospel of the circumcision. So all those things are actually there underneath this one feast. The octave day of Christmas, the circumcision of the Lord, and the solemnity of Mary, Mother of God. Let's deal with solemnity of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, first. Now, there are some Christians that do not like to give to Mary the title Mother of God. And what causes them consternation is that they feel that what we're saying is that Mary is the source of divinity. Of course, you and I as Catholics know we're saying no such thing. So let's work it out. Parents are not the source of their child's soul. Parents provide only the matter from which the physical body is formed. But I wouldn't on that account say to my mother, hello, mom of my body. She's the mother of me, the complete person. She's not the source of my soul, but she is my mother, and not just the mother of part of me. This same fact holds true for the relationship between Mary and Jesus. Mary is neither the source of his divinity, nor is she the source of his human soul. God creates the soul at the moment of conception out of nothing. But we don't therefore call her Mary, the mother of the body of Jesus. We call her the mother of God, because that is who Jesus is. And in fact, this title actually has little to do about Mary. 
It's all about keeping together our faith about who Jesus is. In the year 432 at the Council of Ephesus, a heresy was thrown down which denied the complete union of the one divine person with two natures. There were other conceptions. And part of what the church did is look at the way that we prayed and said, look here, one of the most ancient prayers that we have is a prayer to the Theotokos, the God-bearer. And that resolves the arguments over how Jesus is constituted. Jesus is not a human person. He is a divine person with a human nature and a divine nature. And the two natures are united in his person. This is what we call the hypostatic union. What follows from this faith that we have? That the one who was in the womb of Mary was God and man. And the one who was upon the cross was God and man. And the one who was raised from the dead and ascended into heaven was God and man. Mary is truly the mother of the one who is both God and man. That's the title. Let's deal with the octave day of Christmas. We don't have many octaves left anymore. In the older liturgy, there was octave upon octave upon octave. And we've kind of reduced our celebration of the feast. And so for many, Christmas comes on December 25th, and December 26th, it's not Christmas anymore. Well, more's the pity if you live life that way. For the great feasts of the church, we want at least eight days of celebration. For Christmas, we get a little bit more. And so it is the octave day of Christmas. Liturgically, this doesn't show up in the same way. Uh, the entrance chant for this feast would have been puer natus est. A child is born for us. The chant of Christmas. And we would have treated each day as Christmas. We still have some pieces of it. So today when I do the Roman canon, the insert for the communicantes will treat this day as if it were still December 25th. The same day, we're still celebrating the birth of our Lord. Okay, let's do circumcision. Why would something like a circumcision be kept as a holy feast in the church? The Orthodox, and so therefore our Byzantine brothers and sisters in the Catholic Church as well, still celebrate today as a circumcision of the Lord. Why? Because it says to us that our Savior is a Jew under the law, 
a part of the covenant made with Moses, going back to Abraham. And so every once in a while, you'll hear this refrain come up. There was a famous YouTube of it a while. Someone who said, I love Jesus, but I hate religion. Because Jesus wasn't religious. What utter nonsense. Jesus was a ritual, liturgical, observant Jew. And so was Mary. And so was Joseph. And so were all of the apostles. Religion isn't just something that we gather together and cobble together on our own. Religion binds us to God. And when he has determined something for us, even when it makes no sense to us, even when we would rather that it be another way, we are not free to dispense with the dictates of religion. We are bound to observe them, not begrudgingly, but with full-hearted charity, acknowledging that all these ritual and liturgical things, even the smallest of them, help us to enter into the participation of the divine mysteries. And when we choose for ourselves the things that we will have and the things that we will won't, we end up in a place which is properly called disobedience. And disobedience is never pleasing to God. Jesus and Mary and Joseph, from the very beginning, were obedient to the dictates of God and all of the dictates of the Jewish temple religion. They observed all of it without exception. One final thing on circumcision. Um, food for your thought. In the Christian dispensation, circumcision no longer belongs to us. We have baptism. And just as for Jewish males, it was on the eighth day that they were brought into the covenant. For Catholics, you are obliged by Holy Mother Church by canon law, to baptize your children in the first few weeks of their life. You are not to delay it two and three months until everyone that you want to be there can be there. Uh, it isn't just a gathering together to say, hey, we've got a baby and we're going to do something cultural. This is about eternal salvation. This is about the great gift of the Holy Spirit dwelling in the temple of that child. You do not delay it for any reason whatsoever. I hope I've made myself clear on this. Secondly, the practice of circumcision which we keep in America is not kept in most of the rest of the West. 
And the circumcision that was done according to Jewish law is not what the medical profession has done here in America. It was quite different. Now, I'm not telling you what to do with your children, but I will tell you, St. Paul would have some very serious words about Christians circumcising their children from a religious perspective. And we might want to rethink the practice that we've gotten into in America. Um, I'll leave it there. If anyone has questions, I can, I can go further in length. And so we still have today these three great feasts. The octave of Christmas. The circumcision of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the proclamation of the title, Mother of God for Mary the Blessed Virgin. Even Dom Guéranger, uh, who wrote in his liturgical year, he began writing it in 1841, he points out that the ancient church kept two masses on this feast, one of the octave and the circumcision, and another one honoring Our Lady. And so we have rolled up into this one great big feast, all these very ancient uh, text and memories that we have. It is good for us to rejoice in even one of them, but if we can get all three, even better. Amen. Thank you for listening to the St. Anne Roman Catholic Podcast. For additional podcasts and media, visit us on the web at www.sanaz.org. Again, that's www.stanneaz.org. St. Anne, pray for us.